Hi, I'm Carol Pope, and you're listening to The Stewie Tunes Show with Tony Stewart and Aaron Badgley. Matthew Chaffee has been an incredibly popular performer in the Ottawa area music scene since he formed the Brothers Chaffee with his brother Curtis back in 2004. They then went on to create a band called The Split, playing what some reviewers have called new old soul music. During his time with the Brothers Chaffee and The Split, Mattis performed all across North America with a wide range of musicians. He is now embarking on a solo career and is preparing to release a new album called Strange Reflections. During this interview, we talk about his experiences, his influences, some of his career highlights, his role with RBC Blues Fest here in Ottawa, and some of his future plans. As an added bonus, stick around after the interview for a preview of one of his songs from the new album called I Can't Win With You. As I told him when I listened to the track, I could definitely hear a Daryl Hall vibe going on and the term new old soul music is definitely fitting. I think you'll love it. If you know of anyone who might enjoy listening to this podcast, please spread the word. And now, let's listen in on my conversation with Matthew Chaffee. Welcome to the Stewie Tune Show. These are insights and commentary on the music and musicians that shape our lives. And now, let's go back to class with your host, Tony Stewart. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, Tony. How are you? Oh, oh doing great. Uh, thanks for joining the show, and I really appreciate you doing this interview. Uh, so I wanted to start off by talking about, I've heard your music described, uh, and I think it's a great description, but... Uh, new old soul music. So can you explain exactly what that means uh, for anybody who's listening who might not know? So new old soul music, what is that? Well, I mean, to me, it means uh, just really what it, what it describes. I mean, uh, we very much, or I very much uh, am influenced by all the traditional soul music that came out in the 60s and 70s, of course. Uh, but I also, we like to put a little bit of a different spin on things. Maybe there's a little bit of a a rock and roll vibe with some songs, or there might be a modern uh, slant. I'm not afraid of using uh, drum machines or uh, modern sounds, that kind of thing. But I mean, really, it, it's it's music in that vein of soul. Uh, it's just sometimes done in a new way. Sometimes it's not done in a new way. It sounds, it very much sounds uh, uh, influenced by the, the 70s sound, James Brown and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, labels, they just uh, love to put labels on things. Exactly. So... Who would be, you know, your, I know you mentioned a few of your formative influences. So when you're writing uh, tunes nowadays, like who, uh, some specific artists maybe who you've been influenced by that, that you really took a lot from them when you're writing? Uh, well, I mean, I'm all over the place with my influences. Uh, uh, certainly uh, in the soul vein, Bobby Womack has always been a big inspiration to me, but uh, Keith Richards is a big inspiration to me. Uh, his songwriting, uh, specifically on some of his solo albums, uh, very much uh, in that flavor to me. Uh, but I listen to all sorts of things for influence. Uh, Percy Mayfield is a big influence, uh, an old uh, uh, rhythm blues blues writer from the 40s, 50s, 60s. Uh, but many, many artists, there's too many to list, really. I'm all over the place. So I first met you uh, back when in your brother's Chaffee days. Um, so can you describe for us uh, that transition? So you moved from brother's Chaffee into a, and formed another band after that. I'll let you describe that. Yeah, so uh, my, my brother and I uh, were in a group called the brother's Chaffee, uh, of course. And uh, we, we sort of had a, uh, I would say, 
uh, a twangy slang, uh, a twangy slant on things, uh, some rock and roll, certainly some soul influences, but we we moved from that into the group The Split, which was we, we were trying to focus more on the the soul, the new soul sound of things. I think we, we did a pretty good job on the EP we came out with. And uh, it was it was an easy transition because some of the same guys in the group and we were we added a horn section and it was just for us it was just an easy transition from what we were doing it just it just felt right we weren't really to us we weren't shifting that many gears uh and then from there i have moved on to uh my brothers moved on to play uh more full-time with uh, some toronto artists and i'm uh, focusing on a solo quarter so we we recorded a record and uh that is now it's going to be my, my solo record yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later today in the interview. So I guess, you know, the elephant in the room for all musicians, myself included, is uh, this whole uh, COVID-19 situation because it's it's been pretty devastating on the music industry. Um, I know I was looking at the calendar and you were uh, slated to be playing at Blues Fest uh, this week. So uh, how are things going there? I, I mean, I, obviously that's not happening, but do you want to talk about, a little bit about... Uh, you know, what you would have been doing had uh, we been in normal times right now? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of things were canceled, everything was canceled. And uh, I would have been at Blues Fest uh, this weekend hosting the uh, Blues uh, Jam that we've been doing for many years now. Uh, it's a great time. I've, I've got a chance to do that, to play with uh, so many uh, really legendary Canadian and American roots and blues performers. So what have been doing that this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and last weekend would have been uh, the Texas Horns, who I've uh, I've had a great relationship with over the last 15 years, almost uh, playing with them every summer and doing some other things with them, recording some music, and uh, I would have been backing them up uh, playing their band when they come to town. They had other gigs booked, uh, Montreal, and uh, we, we were going to have a great time. So it's it's very disappointing. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um... Do you have any idea when you'll be playing live next? Have you heard or? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, things are opening up in the province right now, but for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I really, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm going to take it uh, slow right now and figure out what's happening. I mean, certainly uh, nothing major is going to happen until next year. Yeah, that sounds, that's a pretty familiar refrain that I'm hearing from a lot of people, but uh, it'll be nice to move back into normalcy for sure. Um, so tell me a little more, uh, the Texas Horns, I love those guys. Um, you said your collaboration with them has been about 15 years now? It's been about 15 years through the the Mark Monahan at the Blues Fest, uh, Connor Grimes, uh, AJ, everybody down there introduced my brother and I to them years ago when we were much younger. And uh, we got on great with them and we collaborated with them uh, in the split on our split EP. Uh, they played horns on the whole thing and it was just phenomenal. And uh, I, I, I have just uh, recorded uh, five songs in Austin, Texas with the Texas Horns. So uh, that, that's going to come out uh, next year sometime. Excellent. Uh, but very, very exciting, and uh, I got to work. Red Young, of course, who has also uh, come up to the Blues Fest and done his own thing. He, he's played with uh, Los Lobos and Linda Rodstad, and uh, really the list is endless. He, he was also on the record, and Brennan Temple. Uh, Anders Drerup, who is from Ottawa, who's now living in Austin, is also on the record. It was fantastic. So, yeah. Oh, excellent. Oh, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to hearing that. I love that. this performance, Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, they're great. They, they, what a great sound. Okay, so I wanted to talk to you. Uh, you've got a new album called Strange Reflections, and uh, that for sure fits that description of the new old soul music. Uh, there were a couple of uh, tunes on there uh, that I could totally imagine uh, Daryl Hall singing. For instance, there's a, there's a great track on there called I Can't Win With You, and I, I just immediately thought, ooh, that could be a you know, Daryl Hall singing that, but, uh, do you want to talk about your album and the, how that, the making of that and influences and anything else you feel like, uh, adding? Certainly. Well, <clears throat> that song in particular, uh, interesting because I, I, I've been experimenting with, uh, my falsetto, uh, voice over the past, uh, number of years. And, uh, I learned that I have a very strong falsetto voice. It's, it's quite easy for me to sing in that register. And so we, we use that on, uh, two of the songs on Strange Reflections uh, and uh, to great effect, I think it worked out really well. Uh, the album, it was a difficult album to make. It took a long time, uh, a number of years. It started out as one thing and ended up as another thing. Uh, my brother's on the record, but we no, we no longer play together. Uh, he's busy with his own thing. I'm busy with my own thing. So it was kind of the beginning of the end. Uh, and uh, it, of course, is with Ken Friesen. Uh, I've been working with Ken Friesen for a number of years. He has a great studio in Almont, Ontario, and uh, he's gracious with his time with me. We're, we're a good team, Ken Friesen and I. And uh, there's a number. We, we, so we started it out in Toronto with uh, Derek Downham on drums and Tim Foy uh, at a great studio there called the Nielsen Room. And uh, we've got people like uh, uh, Darcy Yates from Bahamas is on the some of the tracks we've got, uh, who else is on there? Uh, well, uh, Derek Brady, uh, who played with Hawksley Workman and a number of other people on bass. Uh, and then we, we brought the sessions back to Ottawa. So uh, we, we've got Stephen Adu before, Ben DeMillo, Ed Lister, Brian Aslin, uh, JP Lepense. Uh, we've got a number of people on the record from here in town. Adressa Dorsalom came in and sang with me on there and she did a fantastic job. So. We're very excited. I'm very excited for people to hear it. Uh, it was a long time coming, and there's a lot of great tracks on there. Yeah, no, it's a terrific album. Uh, when is the release date? Well, because of this whole situation, COVID and everything, uh, things really got put up in the air. So it was supposed to be out a couple of months ago, uh, and right now it's a little up in the air. So we're, we're looking at uh, maybe a month from now. Okay. But again, but again things are... Uh, things are a little up in the air yeah yeah for sure can you uh let me know uh you know just send me a message when that's going to be released and i'll pass the word as well no i will of course yeah i look great some great grooves on that album are really well done so congratulations thank you so uh this looks like a good spot for us to take a break in the show we're going to do our music history moment and we'll be back in a minute on July 20th, 1954, a group called the Blue Moon Boys made their live debut, performing on the back of a flatbed truck outside of a new drugstore's grand opening in Memphis, Tennessee. Band members included Elvis Presley on vocals, Scotty Moore on guitar, and Bill Black on bass. After some early struggles, including a performance at the Grand Ole Opry that was not well received, they finally got their break when Presley's version of That's Alright Mama became a hit later that year. Elvis worked with Black and Moore for much of his career. Bill Black died in 1965, but Scotty Moore played with Elvis in his iconic 1968 comeback special. 
And that's today's music history moment. Now, back to the show. And I'm back with Matthew Chaffee and uh, continuing our interview. So I wanted to find out, because you've had a, a pretty long career now, um, who have been some of your, I mean, other than the Texas Horns, I know about that, but what are some of you, what have been some of your most uh, interesting collaborations that really stand out for you? You know, some of the people you feel really privileged to have worked with or? Well, for, first to come to mind are uh, friends of mine from, from the area. So I've been privileged to have the opportunity to work with Monkey Junk and co-write some songs with them. Four songs over the years uh, on two different albums, uh, two of which were on uh, their Juno winning album a couple of years ago. And that was a great privilege to be a part of that project. And also just recently, I uh, uh, co-wrote a song with Kelly Prescott, one of the Valley's greatest singers mm-hmm. and uh uh so i you know i'm not sure if she'll wind up using it on her recording or not but it was a great experience and i think the song turned out pretty good uh but i've also had the opportunity through the uh auto blues fest to collaborate with a number of people i'll say that my my i guess the one that that got away was uh, uh being able to perform with hubert Sumlin, uh muddy waters uh, and Helen Wolf's guitar player. He invited J.W. Jones and I on stage, and we both really didn't understand what was happening, I think. It was a little, <laughs> a little bit of a miscommunication. So that was the one that got away. But through the Blues Fest, I've, had, uh, uh, I've been so fortunate uh, to play with so many uh, great blues musicians. So uh, Texas words. Miss Lavelle White from, uh, from Texas, Austin, Texas, is, is probably one that stands out for sure. Oh, excellent. I, uh, you know, when I'm researching these uh, interviews, I always check out social media profiles and I saw a great picture of you with Steve Van Zant there. So uh, when, when did that happen and, and what's the story behind that? Well, I think that was, uh, I believe that was last year's Blues Fest. And uh, for sure, I'm a big uh, Miami Steve fan uh, from his Bruce Springsteen days. And uh, my brother is playing in Samantha Martin her group and they were on the bill on the same stage uh playing before them so it was just an easy opportunity to get back and uh hang with him and 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 meet him and talk to him for a little bit he was very gracious yeah he seems like a fascinating guy you know Uh, so that i i love that photo that was excellent all right we're going to uh move on to uh the stewie tunes quiz questions i always ask these of my guests so are you ready for these i'm ready okay i'm gonna pull them up for you so just give me a sec here Okay, now I'm obviously a massive Beatles fan, so I always ask this, but uh, who's your favorite Beatle and uh, why? That's a tough one. Uh, I was always a Stones guy, nothing against the Beatles, but I would have to say uh, it's a toss-up between George and Ringo, man. Oh, wow, okay. Ringo's the coolest, man. Everybody knows who Ringo is. Did you watch Everybody the knows who Ringo is? Did you watch the 80th birthday party thing the other night? No, I missed that. I missed that. It was really but, good. It was really good. But George Harrison, for sure. I mean, his songs, uh, his songs are fantastic. A fantastic guitar player, for sure. Would you believe so far, uh, George is about uh, at least sixty percent of interviews. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah, he's my favorite. So, uh, yeah, excellent. Okay, so we're going to move on uh, to the next question. Is uh, what's the best live show that you've ever been able to attend, just as a spectator? Uh, well, this this is an easy one. So. Uh, I would say it was the early 2000s. That would be my guess. It was right here in Ottawa. It was at the National Archives. It was Peter, Peter Appleyard and Dick Hyman. It was a uh, special concert that the Jazz Fest put on. 
it was phenomenal. Peter, Peter Appleyard was a national treasure of Canada. He was a uh, electric xylophone player. He probably played with uh, every jazz great that ever walked the face of the earth. And Dick Hyman is the preeminent, uh, he's, he's the, the greatest living American stride uh, player, piano player. Uh, and this was, this was a masterclass concert. It was just wonderful. Oh, nice, nice. So who is the performer that you most wish you could see or wish you could have seen live? You know, if, if it's someone who's deceased, maybe, or... That's a tough one. That's it. There's so many, of course, but I mean, uh, the first thing that would come to mind, I would, who, who wouldn't have loved to see Art Tatum play the piano uh, in yeah. real life, uh, or something along those lines, uh, something along those lines. I, I would have to say Art Tatum, uh, playing piano, uh, in, in, a, in a club. Nice. Nice. So who's the underappreciated or unknown performer who you think everybody should know about? Well, I mentioned her already, and uh, I'll mention her again. Uh, she just turned 91, uh, maybe 92. Her name is Miss Lavelle White. She's from Austin, Texas. She is uh, one of the greatest living soul singers uh, today. She wrote Go to the Mirror uh, and Lead Me On uh, that Bobby Bland sang. She was uncredited for the recording, and she is still as powerful a vocalist and performer as she ever was. I've been fortunate enough to share the stage with her three times, maybe, and uh, I'm, I'm just in awe of her, and I'm tickled that she remembers my name whenever I see her. Oh, I'll put that in the show notes, and, and uh, people can check that out. Please. Now, we were talking about Daryl Hall earlier. Did you ever uh, get into Daryl's show when he did the live at Daryl's house? Period. I've seen a few and they were fantastic. Because uh, when I, I answered these questions, the very t- first time I introduced this segment and there was a lady on there named Diane Birch. I don't know if you ever saw that episode, but she was like blazed across that show like a comet. It was unbelievable how good she was. And uh, Daryl talked about it after, but she never had the career that I expected she would have, you know, and uh, I wonder what happened. But Diane Birch was unbelievable on that show. That to me probably was my favorite episode of that i'll check that out yeah i've never heard yeah Yeah, i mean uh, most people haven't but she was my answer for the underappreciated one uh so the next one's my favorite question if you were having a dinner party let's say this weekend and uh, you could invite any one musician or band or whoever and it could be alive or dead uh who would you invite why (laughs) that's a tough (laughs) tough one you know i mean (laughs) It'd be nice to have have a, have a meal with Elvis Presley, uh, but I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, uh, I've been an admirer of Ray Charles my entire life. Uh, his vocal style, his uh, his arrangements. So I guess Ray Charles, I would. I I mean, Ray Charles is an interesting one because uh, you can go back and listen to his interviews. He's such a great, uh, eloquent speaker, and he 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 gives you so much in some of his interviews. So I don't know if there would be too much more to ask him, but uh, uh, I think it would be Ray Charles. He's just such a fantastic influence on on music in general. So many styles. Yeah, he did everything. It's incredible when you look back. Um, I'm a big Billy Joel fan. I mean, a keyboard player. And, and I get that uh, sense from you. A lot of your influences were keyboard players as well. But Billy Joel said in an interview once, you know, I remember that stood out. He said that in his opinion, Ray Charles was, you know, and he said it's, heretical to say this but probably more influential than elvis was right and 
Sure, and I've actually seen a Billy Joel interview where he he mentions uh, uh, Ray Charles's country and western uh, greatest uh, uh, modern sounds in country and western as being a big influence or a crossover for somebody like him to appreciate country music. Yeah, he did so much. Ray Charles did so much for sure. I'd add Fats Domino to that uh, as well. I I think he's so underrated uh, as a vocalist, and uh, I would say that his his vocal style influenced me more than I would like to admit. Now, would you say Fats Domino? Uh, do you know the song "The Fat Man"? Uh, of course. Yeah, that a lot of people think that might be the you know maybe the first rock and roll song. You know, some people say "Rock at '88," but where where do you sit on that? Well, I think you you could be right because if if I'm not mistaken, I think that song came out in like 1949. Yeah, and Rock, rock at '88 didn't come out till the early '50s, I believe. I could be wrong, but yeah, uh, I think it was '51. I think or yeah. It definitely has that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 it, I guess it depends when somebody decided that that barrel house uh, role was now rock and roll, you know, and was no longer boogie woogie or whatever they were calling it then. Yeah, exactly. Well, Matt, uh, thanks so much for uh, joining me on the show today. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you and um, all the best coming up. And, uh, uh, you know, thanks so much. Thank you, Tony. I really appreciate it. So Matt has very generously agreed to let me preview one of the songs from the new album. The album is called Strange Reflections, and the song is called I Can't Win With You. I asked Matt for some notes about the song, just to find out how it was written, what his thought process was, etc. Here's what he emailed me. It's a simple song with a not-complex melody that I had been kicking around for a while. I used to have this vocal harmonizing effect on my voice while I sang it. It gave it an otherworldly, modern sound. In the studio, we kept the arrangement but ditched the vocal effect and put a guitar solo over the whole song that gave it the right kind of tension. It was the last song we recorded, and there is no bass in this song. I covered the bass parts on a synthesizer, and for the most part, the song was captured live with minimal overdubs. I sang in the room right in front of the drums. The message of the song is pretty straightforward, and one that most people can relate to. The lyrics are dreamy at times, but the idea of I can't win with you is being on the losing end of an argument, relationship, or situation with a person no matter what you do. And now here's I Can't Win With You by Matthew Chaffee. Baby doesn't see him 
sweet song. I swear I can hear Terrell Hall singing on the chorus of that tune. Uh, The term New Old Soul definitely fits. I'd like to thank Matt once again for allowing me to share that song on the show, and once the album Strange Reflections is ready for release, I'll pass that along via my social media channels. Well, that's all we've got for today. Thanks again to Matthew Chaffee for joining me, And I'd also like to thank my good friend and musical partner, Rick Denis, for the music that was used in today's episode. If you're enjoying this show, please don't forget to subscribe. You can also consider leaving a rating or a review, because those always help independent podcasters like me. If you know of somebody who might enjoy the show, please spread the word. We're midway through Season 2, and I've got some great interviews coming up for the second half. 
You can always find out more by visiting the show's website, stewytunes.com. So, stay well, my friends, be safe, and see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Stewie Tunes Show. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to click subscribe.